I want you to take your Bibles this evening, if you will, and turn back over to the book of Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 18, Revelation chapter number 18, and didn't know we were going to be here after four services, four or five services, but uh, the Lord knew, and so we want to go just a little bit further tonight, and we may finish this up this evening as we're talking about the great Babylon and what life will be like during the tribulation period. And so Revelation chapter 18, and here's what we're going to do. We've read the same scripture for the last uh, three or four services, and so tonight we're going to read a little different. And so Revelation 18, and we're going to start right around verse number 15 tonight and read down through uh, verse number 21. So Revelation 18, when you find your place, if you'll stand tonight, if you're able, that is, out of respect for the reading of God's word, Revelation 18, and look, if you will, at verse number 15. The Bible says, the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, by great Babylon, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, so great riches has come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors And as many as trained by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is likened to this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, And ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Interesting wording. I believe I have a perfect Bible. I don't believe there's anything in there by accident. And so the Holy Spirit use those words on purpose. I want to talk to you a little bit more about this subject tonight. What life will be like during the tribulation period. So you may be seated tonight and um, we will review just a moment, but very, very little. And we're going to jump right into some brand new stuff tonight. And so uh, we're going to turn to some places. So keep your Bibles handy. We're going to go to several places tonight. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for letting us be back in this Sunday night service. And Lord, I'm just humbled and, and excited Lord, to look around and see this great crowd back on a Sunday night. What a joy that is. And uh, Lord, that thrills a pastor's heart. Uh, Lord, because that means that, and I know, Lord, that these folks are doing it to honor you. But also, Lord, they're hungry for the word. And that honors you when people are hungry for the word. And so, God, we're thankful for that. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to every heart, including mine. I want you to speak to my spirit tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would take these thoughts that you have given me, and Lord, I pray that you would help me to teach them however you want them taught, and I pray that all that's done would uplift the name of Jesus, and Father, I pray that it would be well-pleasing in your sight, and then Lord, if there might be one here in this crowd or one that's watching by way of the live stream that does not know for sure that they're saved and going to heaven. Father, I pray tonight would be the night that they would come to know the Lord. I pray that they would give their heart and life to Jesus 
before they leave this place tonight. Lord, like the three did, or I'm sorry, like the five did last Sunday, Lord, I pray that somebody would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus tonight. So Lord, we plead the blood of Christ over the service, and we pray that you would, Lord, bind the powers of darkness, and uh, only you have the power to do that, and I pray you'd keep your blessings within. We love you and praise you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Some of you are fanning. That means you're too hot. Some of you are too cold. How many are too cold tonight? Raise your hand if you're too cold tonight. All right. We'll keep an eye on that, okay? We'll keep an eye on that. No, I'm serious. We'll keep an eye on it. And, and uh, this Brother Ricky don't count. He knows that. When I say this, he doesn't count because he never gets too cold. Uh, Brother Ricky, if you think they're getting too cold, knock it up a degree, all right? And uh, because I don't want anybody distracted uh, because this is too important for us to miss tonight. Let's review just for a minute. We're talking about the great Babylon, all right? We said several things. Number one, Revelation chapter 18 shows us some truths about this city, the great Babylon, Number one, we said it provides evidence of a soon coming Savior. And we've talked about that. And again, I'm tempted to, to uh, go back over that, but I'm not going to do that tonight because of the sake of time. Number two, we said it provides examples of what life will be like during the tribulation. Now, several things we said. We said, number one, there'll be an absence concerning the great Babylon and the tribulation period. There'll be an absence of music. Revelation 18.22 tells us that. Uh, we said, number two, that there will be an absence of manufacturing. Uh, that's also found in Revelation 18 uh, and the latter part or the middle part uh, of, of verse number 22. The Bible says, and no craftsman and whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. We said, number three, that there'll be an absence of mirth. In other words, those things that bring joy, those everyday, everyday things that bring joy and comfort into lives will no longer be present during the tribulation period. We find that in Revelation 18 and verse number 23. And then last of all, we said that there'll be an absence of ministry. We find that in Revelation 18 and verse number 24. The Bible says, and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Now this morning, this is where we left off. We said the church will be taken out of the way and wickedness Wickedness will literally saturate the climate of the earth. Now, I, I, don't, I just want to mention this to you that this is not a place. I'm talking about tribulation earth. This is not a place that you want to be. And, you know, sometimes lost people, and I, knew that, I know they do it unknowingly, and again, I'm going to do my best to teach tonight and not preach and, uh, and so you just help us with that. You help me pray about that, all right? But I'm gonna try to teach tonight. Sometimes lost people will say, you know, sort of unknowingly, they'll say, you know what? When all these Christians are gone, we're gonna take over and we're gonna have one big gigantic party and nothing could be further from the truth. The tribulation period will not be a party, but it will be a pity. But there's a big difference. And uh, I, I pity anybody that is left behind after the rapture of the church. Uh, now, we talked about an absence of things. You just see on the screen, an absence of, of some things. 
And the tribulation earth will not only be terrible because of an absence of some things, but it will likewise be terrible because of an abundance of some things. Now, this is worth serious thought tonight. The tribulation earth will be at the point of being almost, almost unlivable. It will be almost unsurvivable. Is that even a word? I don't know if that's, that's not, probably not a word, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And so people say, well, again, I, I, I pay tribute to this, this this morning. Sometimes people say, well, those preachers are just trying to be dramatic and they're trying to build it up and they're trying to be glamorous. And so uh, let me show you what the Bible says. Now hold your place because we're going right back there. Hold your place in Revelation 18. But I want you to turn over to, <clears throat> to Matthew chapter number 24 tonight. Matthew chapter number 24. <clears throat> and I want you to look with me, if you will, at verse number 21. And notice what our Bible says. Matthew 24, verse 21. The Bible says, Then for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Look at verse 22, church. The Bible says, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. In other words, if those days carried on, literally everyone would perish. That's what the Bible is saying there. But because God loves those that are gonna turn to Jesus, he's gonna shorten those days and he's gonna allow some to be saved. Uh, the prophet Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 65, verse number eight. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. Listen to this. So will I do for my servant's sake that I may not destroy them all. And so that's how serious the tribulation period is gonna be. And that's how bad the tribulation earth is going to be. Now, again, I'm just saying this. You don't wanna be left behind. And if you're here tonight or watching by way of live stream and you don't know that you 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 know that you're saved and going to heaven, I'm gonna tell you something. I wouldn't even wait till I get done preaching. I'd just come on down and get saved right now. And, uh, and uh, listen, I wouldn't let pride keep me in the pew. I wouldn't let uh, what you think others may, I wouldn't let anything keep me away. I, I'd make sure that I, I come to Jesus and trust him as my savior tonight on October the 9th 2022. And so we talked about an absence, an absence, an absence of some things that are going to be in the tribulation period. But tonight, I want to give you the flip side of that. And I want to talk to you about some things that are going to be here in abundance. Some things that are going to be in abundance during the tribulation period. How about this? And this first one always gets me. Number one, there will be an abundance of demonic presence in the tribulation period. An abundance of demonic presence, demons, devils are gonna be abundant during the tribulation period. Now, I remember years and years ago when I was in Bible college and sometimes late at night, one or two o'clock in the morning, we'd be, we'd be uh, you know, traveling home. We had a, a, about an hour journey home from work and we'd be traveling back to Indiana. And sometimes a bunch of, uh, you know, sometimes a, a carpool of preacher boys, we'd start talking about things. And before you knew it, we were on the subject of demonology. 
And we'd be talking about demons, and we'd be talking about devils, and we'd be talking about demon-possessed people and, uh, and what that means. And, uh, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, church, some of that stuff is somewhat interesting to talk about, but I'm not sure that the child of God ought to discuss it too much. Um, and so after about an hour of talking about that, I don't know how, how anybody else is, but after about an hour of talking about that, when I would get dropped off from the carpool, from the carpool to my door, I sort of felt like somebody was looking at me. I mean, I was looking around, it sort of felt like somebody was stalking me. How uh, You could sort of feel that spirit of darkness. By the way, did you know the devil doesn't mind what kind of glory he gets as long as he gets glory? He don't mind if you talk about him in a negative way as long as you talk about him. And, and so sometimes, and we meant well, but we would spend a whole hour just talking about demons and devils and things like that. And before we knew it, well, you could sort of feel that, that spirit of darkness. Now, I said that to say this, that's exactly what the spirit of the tribulation period is gonna be like. Uh, there'll be no joy, there'll be no mirth, there'll be no laughing, there'll be no celebrations, but there will be a spirit, a spirit of darkness that's gonna be on the earth. But I wanna show that to you. Now flip back over to Revelation chapter 18 and look if you will at verse number two. Revelation 18 verse two. The Bible says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Look at this. And it's become the habitation, underline that word right there, and it's become the habitation of devils. Again, notice this now. This is talking about tribulation earth. This is talking about the, the Babylon the Great. It's become the habitation of devils. Look at the next line. And the, what's the next word? And the hold, underline that word. And the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now, uh, often we'll say, we'll, we, we use the word demon, demon. Uh, and not against that, I, I, I do that as well. But actually, demon is not a Bible word. You don't really find the word demon in the Bible. If you go and you look in your glossary uh, or your concordance and you try to look up the word demon, you're not gonna find it. You'll find the word devil, but you won't find the word demon. But here in Revelation 18, verse number two, is why we use that word demon. Because the Greek word for devils is the word daemon. Daemon uh, or demon or supernatural spirit of a bad nature, or devil. And our Bible says that earth will become the habitation of devils. I looked up that word habitation, and it means the abode. It'll be the living place. It'll be the, the abode of demons. And then the Bible says, and the hold of every foul spirit. Hold, what's that mean, preacher? It's the Greek word phileke, and it means this, it means prison that the tribulation earth is going to become the prison of the devil and his angels. Now, you say, Brother Steve, is that important? You better know what it is. And let me tell you why. Because it's not that way right now. You see, presently, Satan and his angels are the prince and power of the air. You don't have to go there. I'll just read this for you. Ephesians chapter two, verse two, the Bible says it like this. Ephesians two, verse two, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And I, I don't understand all of that, 
But the word air in Ephesians 2, 2 means the atmospheric region. And so, uh, at least in some way, the devil and his angels reside in the atmospheric region. They are the prince and the power of the air. Listen to me now. But during the tribulation, the powers of darkness, I'm talking about Satan, I'm talking about the devil, I'm talking about those demons. Our Bible says they will be banished to earth. Earth will become the new headquarters for the powers of darkness. They'll no longer live in the air. They'll no longer reign in the air or reside in the atmospheric region, but the earth will be the new living quarters, the new highway that they travel, and that will be earth. You say, Pastor, where in the world do you get such an idea? All right? Take your Bibles and turn back a few pages to Revelation chapter 12. And look at verse number seven. Revelation chapter 12, verse number seven. And the Bible says here, Revelation 12, verse seven, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. By the way, that dragon's talking about Satan. And the dragon fought and his angels, and verse eight, and prevailed not. Now look at, look at the next line. Neither was their place found any more in what? Heaven. That's referring to the atmospheric region. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Look at this. He was cast out. Uh-oh, look at the next three words. He was cast out where? Into the earth. And was he the only one cast out there? And his angels were cast out with him. Now skip down and look at verse number 10. Revelation 12, verse 10. The Bible says, And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren, that's Satan, is cast down, is cast down. He's not the prince and power of the air anymore. He's cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Now look at verse 12, church. I think this is significant. Verse 12, the Bible says, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. <laughs> in other words, boy, finally, the atmospheric region has got some relief. Rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But look at the next line. Woe to the inhabitants of what? Of the earth and of the sea. Why? For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. That word woe there in verse number 12. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It's an exclamation of grief. Whoa, I feel sorry for you. That's what he's saying. I feel sorry for you folks that are still living on this tribulation earth. Why? Because, the, the, because Satan and his demons are no longer the prince and power of the air, but they've been cast down to inhabit the earth. Now, I don't know about y'all. That's enough. I can have the closing prayer and go home and say, I don't want to be there. But it gets worse. Look down, if you will, look over at Revelation chapter 16 and look at verse number 12, Revelation 16, verse 12. And the Bible says, and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates 
and the water thereof was dried up, and the and the way that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of, uh, of the false prophet for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now again, you can read sort of in between the lines here but basically what's going on is uh, tribulation earth will will become a prison, a hold of devils and demonic spirits and evidently those demonic spirits will have a great bearing on the kings of the earth. Church, I wanna tell you something. This is not the kind of place you wanna be. It's gonna be a terrible, terrible place. Now somebody says, all right, preacher, there'll be an abundance of demonic presence. What does that even mean? What's it gonna be like? What's the climate gonna be like? What's the, you know, what, what's the spirit of earth gonna be like? Well, I think, I think our Bible gives us an example. I want you to hold your place there in Revelation, but I want you to turn over to, to Mark chapter five tonight. Mark chapter five. And I want you to look at verse number nine. And the, I believe that, that Mark's gospel offers us a look into what this demonic climate is gonna be like. Mark 5 and verse number 1. Familiar story, most of you know this story. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out, notice these, these words, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Look at verse 3, church, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Again, immediately the other day when I read that, you know what I thought about? There's gonna be a spirit of death, death. Whenever the devil, boy, did you know the devil never comes to you and says, man, live, I want you to live your best life. I want you to live the abundant life. No, it's always the devil who always reminds you of death. It's the devil. You know what? If you ever get the temptation, and I pray that you never do, it's one of the most selfish acts that you'll ever make is one of suicide. It's one of the most selfish acts that you'll ever perform is the act of suicide. But I can promise you this. If you ever have that thought, it won't, it won't be from the Lord. It'll be Satan and his angels because they dwell in that climate of death. And here's this man that's demon-possessed and he's dwelling among the tombs. Look at verse four. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters or the chains uh, were broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Not only is there a spirit of death here, but there's a spirit of derangement. Derangement with church, we're already seeing that. We're already seeing that in 2022. And can you imagine, can you imagine what it's gonna be like during the tribulation period when demons are literally saturating the climate of the earth and they're everywhere and it's so bad that you can literally feel that spirit of, de of, 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 de of demonism and so there'll be that spirit of death. There'll be that spirit of derangement. Look at verse five. And always, wow, what a word. And always, there's never a break. 
And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Look what he's doing, crying and cutting himself with stones. And so you know what I see here in this story? I see death, I see derangement, and I see darkness. Now, church, when Mark chapter five was, when this happened in Mark chapter five, Satan and his angels are still the prince and power of the air. And yet when the tribulation takes place, the Bible says that, that the devil and his angels will be cast down to the earth and the earth will become the new abode for the devil and his angels. I'm just telling you, you say, man, when the rapture takes place, all of us that are left behind, we're gonna have a party. You're not gonna have a party. We're gonna pity you. Because I'm telling you, Satan is literally, and his angels are literally gonna take over. And so we see an abundance of demonic presence, but there's something else. Number two, there'll be an abundance of disastrous plagues. Now look back at Revelation 18, if you will. Revelation 18, and look at verse number four. John the Revelator says this, Revelation 18, verse four, he said, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her, what's the word? Plagues, that you receive not of her plagues. The word plagues there in Revelation 18, four is, is a word that means a blow, a, a, a blow. I mean, when you would reach, reach, just reach off and, and cold cock somebody, just hit them. It means a blow, it means, it means public calamity. Now, somebody says, Pastor, how bad will these plagues be? And I want to explain to you how bad it's going to be for the tribulation earth and for those that are left behind. They're going to be so bad that just when it seems it can't get any worse, it will. In fact, our Bible says that these plagues will literally be pouring over and running over what the Bible calls double. You're in Revelation 18, look at verse six about this great Babylon. The Bible says, the Lord says, reward her even as she rewarded you and double under her double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. Now, let me see if I can, let me see if I can illustrate this point just a little bit. And so I know that not all of you are gonna be able to see this over here on this side. Just do the best you can. And so, look what, look what it says. Revelation 18, uh, verse six. And God said, I'm so upset with this Babylon the great and they are so rebellious and defiant. He says, reward her even as she rewarded you and double under her, double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. Now, somebody says, preacher, you listen, you really think it's gonna be that bad? No, I think it's gonna be worse. I think it's gonna be worse than, than Preacher or Brother Brandon and Brother Mike and Brother Looney and all the different preachers in our church, Brother Hill. I think it's gonna be worse than any of us all combined can even explain to you. Now, this is what our Bible is, this is what our Bible is saying, that there is going to come a day. Rapture of the church takes place. The church is called away. And at that point, God will begin to pour his judgment. He'll begin to pour his judgment 
out on a tribulation earth. Church is going to be bad. I'm talking about plagues. I'm talking about death. I'm talking about demons. The earth will be the new prison for demons. They'll no longer be in the air, in the atmospheric region. They'll be here. They'll be here. They'll be controlling everything that's done. And judgments and plagues and hailstorms and earthquakes and uh, floods and all these things. And, and, it's, and God's gonna judge and judge and judge and judge and judge and judge and judge. And, 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 and men are gonna say, oh my word, we, 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 we've reached our, we reached our limit. And God's gonna say, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. And you know what our Bible says? God's gonna keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And he is gonna reward them double. That's how bad the earth, the tribulation earth is gonna be. Now, interesting here, the Bible even mentions what these plagues are gonna be. Look at Revelation 18, 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. And, and concerning Babylon the Great, look what it says. Death and mourning and famine and she shall be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And so our Bible tells us that these plagues will be death and mourning and famine and fire. Now somebody says, Pastor, how bad is it gonna be? Let me see if I can give you some perspective tonight. It's believed that during the 1300s, and this was long, long, long before, they, before people kept records, but it's believed that probably the worst plague that's ever hit our world is something called the Black Death or the Bubonic Plague. How many have heard of that, the Bubonic Plague? They don't know, they estimate, but they, they estimate that somewhere around 25 million people died when the black plague came, 25 million. How many remember in 2004 when the big tsunami hit Indonesia? Y'all remember that? Some of you, you young people don't, but you older folks, we remember that, good gracious. And uh, when the, they had the earthquake and that tsunami hit and uh, um, uh, over 200,000, over 200,000 people lost their lives. Now we have no idea how accurate this is. But the CDC reports that at least 6.5 million people have died from COVID-19. You say, Pastor, that's terrible. 25 million, 200,000, 6.5 million. And you're right, that is terrible. But again, I'm trying to give you some perspective tonight. In the terms of the tribulation period, did you know what I just told you is not even a drop in the bucket? Now, I want you to turn over to Revelation chapter 6 in your Bibles and look at verse number 7 tonight. Revelation chapter 6 and verse number 7. Watch closely. Revelation 6 verse 7. We're teaching tonight. Found your place? Say amen. All right. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hail followed after him or followed with him. And power was given unto them over the, notice this, over the fourth part of the earth to kill 
with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Now, church, want to remind us of something, that this is the onset. This is the onset of the tribulation. Listen to me now. It hadn't even got bad yet. This is just the beginning. This is the onset of the tribulation. And if my math is right, that means that probably at least, at least two billion people will lose their life just at the very beginning. You say, Pastor, wow, two billion. Listen to me, church. We ain't even started yet. You say, Pastor, that's pretty bad. Brother, we're not even, listen, the ball's not even rolling yet. Now I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to, turn over to Revelation chapter nine, Revelation chapter nine, and look at verse number 15. And I wanna tell you, it gets worse. Revelation nine, verse 15, the Bible says, and the four angels were loosed and were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, 13 months, look at this, for to slay, for to slay or to kill, for to slay the third part of men. And so when the trumpet, six trumpet sounds, according to world population, this would constitute a billion and a half people in 13 months. Now, again, let me see if I can put this in perspective for you. According to Georgetown Bioethics Research Library, 65 million people die every single year in the world. 65 million every year. That's 120 every single minute will go out into eternity. By the way, that's another reason you ought to be saved right there. 65 million will die every single year, but hang on to your hat. During the tribulation period, if this verse is right, and we know it is right. That means 115 million people will die every single month. 115 million will die every single month for 13 months. That's 3.5 million per day. Church, are y'all listening to me? That Listen to me. That's 146,000 per hour. You know what that tells us? There's no way they'll be able to bury all the dead. Listen, they were scrambling when the tsunami hit Indonesia. They were scrambling to try to get the bodies buried, and some of those people were buried in, in un, unmarked graves, mass graves, and family members never got to claim the bodies because, I know this is gross, but... Those bodies, because of the heat and the humidity, all those bodies were already um, decomposing and disease was already beginning to spread and they became desperate. They were desperate. They had to get those bodies in the ground. And yet during the tribulation period, 3.5 million per day will die for at least 13 months. Pastor, what are you saying? Not the kind of place you want to be. Not not kind of place that you want to hang around. So number one, there'll be an abundance of demonic presence. Number two, an abundance of disastrous plagues. Let me give you this last one. We're done. We're done tonight. Number three, there'll be an abundance of detrimental sin. Look back at Revelation 18 again and verse number four. And this sort of goes back to what I said this morning. Revelation 18, verse four. And the Bible says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. My people. 
that ye be not partakers of her sins. And by the way, he's saying that to you tonight. That ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. For those living during the tribulation period, there will be a climate of darkness. Our Bible says in Revelation chapter 18, verses four and five, that sin will be on every side. It will, listen, during the tribulation period, you won't be able to get away from it. It'll be everywhere. It'll be, the, listen, the air will be, literally the air that you breathe will be saturated with sin and demonism and devils and darkness and death and derangement. In fact, the tribulation will be so severe. We've been talking about this great Babylon. It'll be so severe and God's judgment will be so severe that eventually the great Babylon no longer seems to exist. Now, I don't know this and, and we'll not fuss about it or debate, debate over it, but I'm just gonna give you what, what I read here. Did you know that it, it, it at least appears that God is not only gonna judge Babylon the great, he is gonna wipe the earth clean of her. Look at Revelation 18, verse 21. We read it just a little while ago. Revelation 18, verse 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down. And I'm interested in this last line. The Bible says, and shall be found no more at all. Now, here again, we're, we're just making a spiritual guesstimation here, but I'm gonna tell you what this sounds like. I'm gonna tell you what this sounds like to me. It sounds like a supernatural tsunami. That Babylon the Great's gonna be literally gonna be covered with water. When I read that a couple of weeks ago, I read that and I thought, Lord, so here's this angel. He's gonna throw this, whatever it is, as a great millstone. He's gonna throw it into the sea and there's gonna be such a reaction that the city is gonna be covered to the point that it's no more. What? I don't know about y'all. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a tsunami. And somebody says, preacher, don't you think that's a little extreme? A little extreme? A tsunami that, that would literally cover New York City or a tsunami that would literally cover Hong Kong or a, or a tsunami that would literally uh, just wipe out Shanghai, China? Don't you, don't you think that's a little extreme? I don't think it's extreme. In fact, as we close, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number 15, or I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 51, Jeremiah 51 and church, I'm gonna tell you something. You know what, as you study this out, we find out that God talks about historical Babylon in Jeremiah 50, Jeremiah 51, but some of the, some of the prophecies made about Babylon, historical Babylon, have never yet been fulfilled. And that would lead us to believe that they still have to be fulfilled. And look what our Bible says in Jeremiah 51 and verse number 61. Jeremiah 51 and verse 61. And Jeremiah said to Sarah, when thou comest to Babylon and shalt see and shalt read all these words, then shalt thou say, O Lord, thou hast spoken against this place to cut it off. Look at this. That none shall remain in it. Now, is that true of historical Babylon? Not really. 
Historical Babylon failed, but there were still people who survived in historical Babylon. But the Bible says right here that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but it, but it, Babylon, shall be desolate forever. Let's read on. And it shall be when thou hast made an end of reading this book that thou shalt bind a stone to it and cast it into the midst of Euphrates. And thou shalt say, thus shall Babylon, what's your Bible say? Sink. Thus shall Babylon sink. And shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her. And they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Now, Somebody says, preacher, why is God telling us all this? If we're gonna be taken out in the rapture of the church and we believe that, we're a, we, are, uh, we believe in the pre-tribulation, rapture of the church, we believe that God's gonna deliver his people before the, before the tribulation begins and so if that's the case, and it is, then why is God telling us, telling, telling us all this? Let, let me tell you, at least one of the reasons is this. You know what God's wanting us to know? I'm in control. I am in control. The the choir sings it sometimes. He's still on the throne. In Calvary, can I just remind us tonight, he's still on the throne. And we're living in this new, you know, politically correct society and generation where, uh, you know, people are are, uh, the cancel culture and people are canceling everything if they don't like it. And I'm telling you, this is God saying, I'm going to judge sin. And if you like it, good. But if you don't like it too bad, uh, and it may not be politically correct, and, and they may not want to talk about it on the talk shows on television, and they may not want to report about it on ABC and CBS and NBC, but this is God Almighty saying, you mark her down. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if you're here tonight or you're watching by way of the live stream and you've never been saved and if the rapture of the church took place right now, you know what that means? You'd be left behind to experience everything I've talked about tonight. Would you do me a favor tonight? Would you bow your heads with us all over the house? Father, thank you for this time that we've had together tonight. Thank you, Lord, for showing us truths from your word. We don't understand it all, but we believe it. Father, we believe it. Lord, if you say that it's gonna be that bad, we believe it's gonna be that bad. Father, I wanna say very quickly, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for making me whole. Lord, thank you for reaching way down as Brother Rodney testified tonight, lifting my feet out of the miry clay and setting my feet on a solid rock and establishing my going. God, thank you. God, I'm not perfect, but I'm thankful that I'm forgiven and I'm thankful that I'm redeemed. And I know, Lord, that if the rapture of the church were to happen tonight, I know that I'd be called away. But God, it could be there's somebody here tonight and they don't know. Lord, it may be there's someone here tonight and they're not sure that if they died that they would spend eternity in heaven. Father, would you draw them to yourself tonight? Holy Spirit, would you work in their life? Would you help them to know how much you love them? And God, I pray tonight that they would come to a saving knowledge 
of Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Let me ask you a question. How many are here this evening? And you'd say, preacher, if I died tonight, I know, I know that I know that I know that if I died, I know that I'm saved. If that's you, you just very quietly slip up your hand and you can take it right back down. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. With every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking just for a moment, could I ask a second question? How many are here tonight and you would say, Pastor, honestly and truly, I couldn't raise my hand. And if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Preacher, I want to go. Don't get me wrong. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that here tonight? You'd be honest enough to just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? Preacher, if I died tonight, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. Is there anybody else? Just raise it up. Let me pray for you. Anybody tonight? Anybody? Can I pray for you? I see that hand right there. Thank you. Is there somebody else? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Oh, come on. Let me pray for you tonight. You just slip your hand up. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me tonight? Hey, church, let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, thank you. Lord, there is a danger of some saying that I'm being extreme. Lord, I really don't think I'm being extreme enough. I really don't. I don't think anybody can really know just how bad the tribulation period is going to be. Father, for those that are here tonight who don't know for sure that they're on their way to heaven, I pray that you'd help them to come tonight. And God, help them to get it nailed down. It could be there's somebody here this evening. And Lord, everybody thinks they're saved. Lord, but they know in their heart of hearts, they know that they're not sure. Lord, tonight, help them not to leave this place until they get it settled. And then, Lord, the invitation we gave this morning, maybe we have loved ones that we care very deeply about. They're lost without Christ. Father, tonight, burden our hearts for the lost. And maybe tonight somebody would slip out and just make their way to an old-fashioned altar. Maybe they didn't come this morning. Maybe they did. But Lord, tonight they'd find their way to an old-fashioned altar and just pray over that lost loved one. And God, that you would do a work of grace in their hearts. Lord, have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. We're just gonna keep our heads bowed for a moment. And here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make my way here to the front, from the pulpit. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need to be saved, then I want you just to do this. Just step out, just step out and come. And I'd like to, listen, we wanna take the Bible, show you how to, show you how to get saved. We're not gonna make you give a speech or uh, anything like that. We would just like to show you from God's word how you can get born again, okay? And so while we pause just for a moment in the quietness of the, of the hour, you come tonight while we wait.